Hello and welcome to another episode of A Fresh Perspective here at Heavenward Thinking. Today we're moving on in the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 11, talking about the remnant of Israel. And this will be the last chapter that we talk about uh, the remnant of Israel before we move into some very practical instructions for Christian living. So we'll start with verse 1 and read through verse 10 and we'll get into our conversation today. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and bend their backs forever. So as we look at this passage, what strikes you as important to understand in, in practical application for Christians today? You know, again, we've been talking about this for 10 chapters, now in 11 chapters. So so much of this is just reiterated. Paul just trying to get people to understand, right? There's a way for the Gentiles. There's always been a way for the Jewish people with God. Mm. And now the Gentiles, the pagans, the, the you and I's of life have a way to get grafted into what God promised his people. Right? Mm. I think, again, we just keep reiterating that, reiterating, reiterating that. And so Paul, again, he comes out almost as if he's living today. <laughs> because today we have this, we, we have this incessant desire within churches and church leadership to, to push Israel aside and say, no, they rejected God. So they, they don't get anything anymore. Now, again, all over in the Bible, we find out that God's promises are not Reliant on, on us. Mm. They're because God is faithful. He's not going to break his promises, right? He's going to keep his promises while at the same time making us keep our commitments, mm. right? So again, what Paul starts off saying here is by no means has God forgotten his people, rejected his people. So I'd like to, you know, all of you who think that replacement theology is a thing, I don't understand how you can quote parts of the Bible, but when you get to an ex worse that Paul says word for word, by no means, like no way has God rejected his people. And then gives a practical example of Elijah trying mm. to be like us. I think, hey, God, these Israelites, they're really, really bad people. And God says, no, no, 7,000 of them are still, still mine. God has not rejected the people of Israel. Now, the cool thing is that they get the same opportunity that we do, Paul mm. says. It's not just about works anymore. It's not about keeping the law. It's about grace. Absolutely. And I love how you point out, it's just like he, as if he was seeing what we're seeing today, where people constantly, they, they hear the multiple weeks that we've just been talking about in Romans, especially 9 and 10, about uh, the remnant of Israel and about how important the people of Israel is and that God didn't reject his people and that they will have a chance of being saved uh, before the end times. And, and yet here again, Paul's 
was it clearly was having the same problem we have where people were trying to replace the, the Jewish people uh, because he once again just flat out has to tell people by no means God rejected his people. And he reiterates once again, as you said, he reiterates that, that God's message of salvation through Jesus Christ is for all people. And as you pointed out, and now they have the same opportunity as us uh, who are the Gentiles. They have the same opportunity to be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ rather than the works of the law, which we already have looked at in Romans uh, 1 through 10 at this point. Uh, so it's it's really important that, as you said, uh, people read this, read scripture, uh, because if you're making your theological doctrines uh, of replacement theology uh, off of scripture, then you might want to actually read scripture because uh, here in Romans chapter 11, it makes it very clear that that is not even a possibility. Uh, so when whenever, and that's just one example of a doctrine, but whenever we make a doctrine, whenever we study something theologically and want to teach people on it and be respected by what we're teaching, we might want to actually get into God's word and see what does God's word say. And especially on this show, we're trying to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse in Romans and really examine what is God saying and how is it applicable to us? I think this is very applicable to us that we as Christians make sure we're not uh, trying to replace the Israelites and that we're not trying to show that, oh, we're better than anyone else. Because if it's by grace here, as Paul says, then it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. So uh, we don't do anything to earn salvation. Jesus made a way for all mankind, all of us. Uh, So we need to be very careful that we don't take a a prideful stance of, hey, we're better than some people because they uh, seemingly rejected Christ. Well, in this particular case, we, we need to also think of scripture that makes this super important, right? People who mess around with replacement theology are messing around with the fact that God promised Abraham that he would bless those who bless them, him, mm. right? And curse those who curse them. And that's carried throughout the Old Testament. So again, when you start messing around with replacement theology and start saying, hey, God, God got rid of the Jewish people. God, you know, didn't like their failings and their faults and he finally got tired of them and he pushed them to the side. You're going against what God said and he swore mm. on himself, not anybody else. So and you're coming against God and God's word directly. Mm. And I mean, you, you actually fall within one of those two categories, right? You're cursing the Jewish people. Mm. Uh, God says he's going to curse you, mm. right? That didn't change because if that changed, then God changes. And if God changes, then he's not the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he does all that stuff, then he could change his mind about you. Mm. You better be really, really careful about that because if God changed his mind about the Jewish people because they made too many mistakes or they were rejected him one too many times, how do you think that's going to work out for you and I? Mm. Like what happens when I say no one too many times? Is there a line? Is it the 70 times seven? God's up there with a big tablet. He's got one of the angels going, uh, check, 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 check. Oh, you got to 490. <laughs> Oh, don't do one more. You're at four. You're at 489. Don't do it. Don't do one more. I don't want a God like that. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why anybody would want a God like that. We want a God who's, it's all about grace. Mm. And grace is defined in my Bible as Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And that once again brings us back to Romans 11, uh, 6, about it being by grace and not on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. As you point out, it's so important as Christians that we're making sure that we're 
we're living according to scripture. When we try to use scripture to prove points, uh, it's become a very common thing as Christians. We use a, a little bit of scripture here, a little bit of this there, uh, and then we form our theology and our doctrines and our teachings, and we take it way out of context. So we're not understanding the context of scripture. As you pointed out, it's so important that we look back at Genesis and see what was God's promise to Abraham and his offspring, and then look throughout the Old Testament, see how he continued to carry it out. Then we, that we can see how that sets the stage for Romans uh, chapter 11 here, uh, where Paul's once again reiterating that the promise and that uh, God's not done with his people. And then we can take that and apply it to our own lives and see how we need to have a certain view of the Jewish people, not the view that we've, uh, a lot of us have been taught in churches where uh, people are taught to hate them or taught that they're lesser or that they re- they rejected God because they they sinned so many times throughout the Old Testament. And I think you, you brought up a great point. Uh, if they sinned one too many times, uh, are we any different than them? Uh, I don't think so. If we look at our current culture, how, how much sin is in the world today, uh, certainly we mess up just as much as the Jewish people did. So uh, once again, that gets us back to the, thank goodness we're under grace, not under works, because uh, we can't measure up any better than they did. So we should be looking at them with compassion and love and excitement to see what God's going to do with his chosen people, uh, not trying to replace them and not trying to cast them to the side and certainly not trying to twist God's word. So I think it's, it's uh, important for us to be very careful as we approach this subject and to really see what scripture is saying as uh, both of us have tried to point out here from this. I, I think, you know, everything that you said right there is, is, is so good, right? And it's important. I think it's important for us to understand that one of the problems with the Jewish people was they took pride in their seat at the table. They took mm. pride in, in what God was, was giving them, that they were here and everybody else was down here. That was never God's intent. His intent was to raise them up so other people would look and go, Hey, we want to come up too, right? Like it, God's always, his intent was to have other people at the banquet table. Right. And again, he gives us the story of he invited people to the table and they were too busy and they were too, they mm. were too busy doing things for God, taking advantage of what God had given that they couldn't be with God. Mm. Right. And I think that, you know, Paul's encouraging us. Don't don't be that way. God, God, they got frustrated with the Jewish people because they would rather do God than be with God. Mm. And God, his entire thing was to walk the garden with Adam and Eve. He wants us to be with him. So I think we need to be really careful that we're not getting too prideful at our table, right? Mm. We're looking at our church and we're looking at whatever it is, what ministry we have. And we're really prideful about what we have. And we're so busy doing God that we're not being with God. Mm. And that gets us in a snare. That gets us tripped up. That gets us into a problematic moment because God says, I, I want you to love me, right? Not, not do things for me in per se. I want you to mm. do out of your love for me. Absolutely. And I think that when we're doing those things, instead of being with God, instead of doing things uh, the way God wants, where it's a relationship with him, yep. and we're, we're choosing that over works. I think that's when we get to the point of verse 10, where our eyes are darkened, and we can't see and bend their backs forever. I think we, we get in those positions when we choose, like you said, when we choose uh, the things of God over God, or, or the things of religion over God. And we need to be very careful as Christians. And I think uh, 
getting in a right relationship with God, uh, being with God, as you pointed out, it's so key. And I think the way to do that is spend more time in scripture, spend more time reading your Bible, uh, communicating with the Lord through prayer, seeking him, uh, rather than just talking about him all the time. We, we, we love to talk about God, but we spend very little time actually uh, learning about God through his word, seeking him through prayer. Uh, spend a little less time just talking and spend a little bit more time seeking the Lord. And then then you're talking about God is going to be even more enhanced. I think, I think that's a great way to avoid the error of the, the people of Israel and at the same time avoid our error of casting aside the people of Israel, making sure that we know what God's word says and what God says himself rather than just claiming things ourselves. Amen. So we'll leave you with that thought this week. And then next week, we'll continue talking about how the Gentiles were grafted in and then how the uh, Israelites will be regrafted in at the conclusion of this chapter. So join us next time for another fresh perspective here at Heavenward Thinking.